Dave Fanning on 2FM. Now, we've spoken on this programme before about the growing role that artificial intelligence is playing in our day-to-day lives, how it even shapes what movies get made. Well, a new book, Artificial Intelligence and Music Ecosystem, it explores everything from ethics to robotics to intellectual property, all in the context of music. Dr Martin Clancy is the editor of the book and he's also a musician and a researcher in Trinity College and he's here now. So, Martin, I have to say the obvious first question because it'll come out of, is it how many years since I interviewed you last when you were in a band, a famous band? Oh, it's, it's been a while. I, I, I think we, we, can leave it, we can leave that 30, maybe 35. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Okay, indeed. Uh, that, we'll mention the band in a second or two, but hold on a second. Like, look at all this, what you've done here. Are you really brainy or something? And I didn't know that years ago. No, no. no. Okay, no. fair the enough. standards have dropped. <laughs> the standards have dropped. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, anyway, welcome to the programme. Um, your background as a musician, uh, that you got fascinated, I presume, by this whole area, because you were in a band. Tell yeah. us about that, first of all. Um, well, my interest in bands, very simply, is that I was kind of came out of the post-punk era, and I, yeah. unlike a lot of musicians, I wasn't particularly gifted, so I always liked technology as a way of getting a tune out of something. So that kind of DIY thing really... Has, has been with me the whole time. And that led me into electronic music. And I started teaching DJs, which is what I've been doing for the last 15 years, electronic musicians. And then that just naturally led me into AI-named technologies. Yeah. And I kind of went, what's this? And I felt there was something different about it. And that, from that simple kind of, what does that mean? What does AI mean? Uh, that led me into the PhD and all the rest of it. Okay, well, I'm going to get to that right now. But just before I do, let's just establish that band business, first of all. Uh, You were part of the band Into Anua in the 1980s. And uh, are you the the manager of Jack L? Yes. Right, and and the manager of Jack L. So you've got your hand more than, like you might think, completely still in the music, in other words. Absolutely, all all parts of it. Right, yeah. And you wrote your PhD on the financial and ethical implications of AI music, and that was about two or three years ago as well. Last year. Uh, Right, last year. And as well as editing the book, you've written art for it. So you appear as an author and an interviewer for this book. So is it fair to say that music and technology have always been intertwined? Yes. Um, first of all, if we think about technology, we only think about technology as something to do with electricity. But if you think about, for instance, the oldest instrument about 60,000 years ago was a bone flute. That's definitely a piece of technology. But with AI, what we have is, what I was curious about in my research was how old this fascination is. So even people like Aristotle were writing about how, imagine a harp that could play itself. And I found this thing about a robot band that had two drummers from the 1200s uh, in Persia. And all the way through history, there's this interest, I'm not sure why, about what would happen if, if, if music could make itself. Mm. And that's now, that ancient history is, is kind of, curiosity is summed up with AI development. And one of the biggest names that always comes up is Alan Turing. What did he do in the middle of the 20th century? Well, he kind of was the first person. The Turing test came along. And we, we know of, of him from many different areas. But one yeah. part that he did get involved in was creating the first piece of AI that would generate music. And again, the curiosity there is always with the idea of intelligence. Because we think about music as somehow fundamentally being about what it means to be human. So logically you go, well, what if a machine could make that? And then what does that mean? So they're all questions. And that, I think that's the impulse. Um, but we're getting very good at doing it now. OK, speaking of questions, if anybody has any, 51552 is our text. We're talking to Dr. Martin Clancy, the editor of the book. It is uh, Artificial Intelligence and Music Ecosystem. And we're going to go through it now. Just after Turing, I'd better mention David Bowie. What did he do? He had a thing called a lyric generator, a music generator. Bowie was always... It was a, a, a random a randomizer. Yeah. And that would have come from people like Brian Eno, who, who the term generative music came from him. Again, that stuff is more about chance and 
prob probability solving. But where AI really came into fore uh, is actually by a guy called David Cope, who's uh, actually in the book. And in the 1980s, he had a, a writing block. And because he was a computer scientist and a classical composer, uh, he decided that he'd write a piece of AI to help him. So this is literally what happened. He, he went out for lunch, he left the machine running, he came back and he had 5,000 Bach chorals. And he went, What's, what am I going to do with all this? And he was then criticized hugely because people were saying, oh, you're destroying human creativity across everything. And he was, yeah, but, but the thing is, nobody could work out what was the machine and what was him. And a lot of the stuff that he got involved in is at the root of all the AI music questions now. So really from the mid-80s, that's where it, it, it's, it's begun. He's not the music theory, the, um, theory professor who did his computer programme. That's co him. Yeah, uh, basically Johann Sebastian Bach, and then people listened to both, and they couldn't make out which was which. And which Absolutely. Was right, yeah, okay. So when you think of the advent of the auto-tune thing, Bob, which really drives me mad, sorry. Because it's just like, <laughs> it's just so much, like listen to the Boomtown Rats we heard a few minutes ago, you know? That's kind of real, you know what I mean? It's not like this auto-tune daytime sound that drives, anyway. Uh, would, would you count that as a big change in how technology impacted music? Okay, interesting. That track that you played, I was in the taxi coming here and the taxi driver goes, is that Thin Lizzy? Because we just turned on the radio. Oh. And what, if you think about it, what were you listening to there was distortion. Yeah. Right? Now, Gary Roberts' guitar. Yeah, but, dis but distorted guitar. Now, distorted guitar was an accidental mistake. Autotune's kind of like that in the sense that we recognise it, you might not like it, but it's something that we go, okay, there's autotune. Yes, it allows people to sing who couldn't sing, but you could say the same thing about guitarists playing with distortion, punk, or any well, form of rock. I'd go back to Dave Davies and the Kinks. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but ultimately, it was about the riff. So with Dave Davies, you hear those riffs that he wrote. That's what you, you get excited about. I guess with autotune, what you really think, what the one that's great, you were showing me the phone there a second, the mm. idea that you've got garage band for free, yeah. like a multi-track recording studio in your phone, that's mad. That's like I'm glad you said that's mad because like I, it's a terrible thing. Like I don't make music, so whatever. Oh, you may. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean. Just press a button, leave it, and come back from a cup of coffee, and it's made. No, but my point is that uh, all these things, I'm not necessarily like a great fan of it all. You know, like the journey is gone. Like sometimes the journey is the most important bit. Like if I was going to Greece and the magic bus, I'd rather not just be in Greece. I'd rather take the magic bus. You know what I mean? I'm I'm with you. <laughs> no, and I think that there's a lot of. The, the big question that's, occur, I, I think, at the, at the root of all of this, I don't have an answer for it, but it's a good question to ask, is in the speed of change, what do we lose in this transition? Wow, that's the point, yeah. yeah. The journey is lost. Yeah. Well, yeah. no. Well, right. A new might, journey, it, it don't might, tell me it's a new journey, well, right? Just, hey, you know, distortion, <laughs> you know, I like distortion pedals. So do I. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and your kids probably like auto-tune, so. Yeah, really? Yeah, but don't worry, I'm beating it out of them. <laughs> Oh. I brought the teenager to Bob on Monday for the second time. She's seen Bob Dylan twice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she, <laughs> the comment at the end was great. Well, oh, you know, the songs well, you the know he's had his own <laughs> moments with technology, you might remember. Bob? Like, yeah, when he went electric. Oh, that. Sorry. I was, I was just thinking, wait, I was thinking, where? Yeah, yeah it wasn't true, necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. that's Judas. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, that's that that's, was a far bigger outcry than anything that's happened oh, with yeah. AI music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, well, look, <laughs> let's. I mean, like, by the way, people want to know autotune. I mean, like, the, you, you go to Believe by um, by Cher. Mm. It's one of the better examples, isn't it, of that kind of thing? You know. Well, pretty much everybody uses it. I mean, I know, the, but they, yeah, but like that was one of the. The great yeah. thing with autotune, though, is it's visible. You can hear it, so you know it's being used. 
Yeah, and like, you know, Radiohead on Amnesiac and all that. I mean, I'm not against all these. It's just whatever. Anyway, um, there's been a really rapid acceleration in AI technology. So um, the speed of change, as mm. you say, it is really, like, too fast? Well, the one... Well, For our little brains? Absolutely. I mean, here where we are, is there's a, there's a term, I won't get too technical, but I like this term. It really helps me. It's called exponential change, right? And exponential change is counterintuitive. But it's really what we're dealing with with technology. And what it means is, is that an exponential change means things are kind of normal every day. And then one day, it, it's like compound interest. Things just get right, really yeah. weird. Yeah. So the question is, where are we on that curve? So things we go, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's weird. Oh, look what Siri can do. But as that speed, ch uh, that rate increases, where we are on that, at one point it will come where suddenly you wake up and you go, oh, hang on. And COVID was like that. There are lots of moments we can relate to. So where are we on that curve? That's the question. And, and nobody really knows that. So preparing for that is is really the responsibility. And keeping here. up too. Um, yeah. So how much of music now, and give us a percentage if you can, is yeah. actually generated by AI? Okay. So here's some figures. So last week, Apple Music and Spotify and YouTube Music all kind of announced that there were 100 million tracks in their libraries. Mm. Okay. Now, 100 million tracks by Bob Dylan and the Boomtown Rats and stuff. But there was another interesting figure, which is one of the many AI startups announced that it had generated 10 million songs. Now, that's not to say 10 million of the 100 million, not 10%, mm. but that's only one of 50. So it's fairly, the, the best averages are talking around 15 to 18% of the music of that 100 million tracks okay. have been done. In that, but that that's definitely on the increase. Okay, so we have some examples here of how AI works in music, if I can call it that. So I have some tips. So t tell me about this here. What's what's I am AI? Which one are we going to listen to first? Uh, oh, this. So this is an interesting one. This is this is played by humans, and it's a classical piece of music written by Iava, which is based out of Belgium. Um, but so it's you'll hear you'll hear it. It's okay. it's sound, soundtracky. Okay. Okay, well, we're talking human orchestra composed by AI, is that it? Yeah, that's the idea. And and so the AI would, would, would produce the sheet music that's then conducted by a human conductor and played by top-level musicians who would interpret it. And that's the first AI to be recognised by a performing rights organisation as an author. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Right, okay. Possibly <laughs> illegal. <laughs> okay, so tell me about this other one I have here, robotic marimba. Oh, so this is Shimon, which is a, a three-armed uh, uh, improvising jazz robot. This is the one that kind of blew my mind. I saw this in Berlin. Uh, if you go online and look up for a video of this, it's quite remarkable. So this is in real time with a robot jamming with other jazz musicians. And when I saw it, 
they were playing Giant Steps by John Coltrane. And what kind of gave me shivers when was when Gill, who invented uh, Shimon, said, OK, we've got 70% monk and 30% train. Why don't we dial in 50%? And I was going, hang on a minute, you're mixing the improvisational skills of jazz musicians? Mm-hmm. And my mind just went, OK, that was in 2016. In terms of the writing, this isn't this isn't the robot. It's, oh, the robot's just jamming. It's the playing. Yeah, no, the, the ro- robot's listening to what you're saying, yeah. responding to you in the same way as I am. Okay, here goes. just to get back to Bob Dylan on, on Monday night at Three Arena like I noticed his musicians would constantly look over at him because a lot of the time he just might end a song much quicker than like whatever they might have done in any rehearsal and in that case there is are, are the is the robot looking at the other musicians so that's a live piece on stage yep. to see where to go and and vice versa right unlike Bob Bob Bob's probably not paying attention too much to what the musicians are doing he's yeah. following his own path yeah but Shimon is responding to what he, what it's hearing and then the musicians are responding, just as any jazz pro- improvisation would work. Yeah, yeah. And it's remarkable. Okay, the next one is U2. Tell me about this. Well, this is, this is the one that kind of changes everything. So a company called OpenAI, which is formed by uh, Elon Musk, uh, now funded by uh, Microsoft, created something different. And that's the idea that it listens to music. So, you, so imagine this. So you've got a giant jukebox, right? And you put in your favorite records. I say every record by U2. And then as opposed to playing randomly or resampling that or remixing it, it generates new compositions and recordings that weren't in the jukebox in the style of the music that you put into the jukebox. Wait a minute, they weren't in the jukebox. This is not just rearranging what's in the jukebox. No, and this is what gets weird about unsupervised machine learning. It knows nothing about music. Like it hasn't been taught the rules. It's actually just looking at it and going, okay. Here you go. Okay, hold on. You know, I, I was in I was I was in Vegas, man. I was in Vegas. Sorry, Las Vegas once, and uh, I went to the Love thing, which is this. It's on all the time. It's like Cirque du Soleil kind of stuff, but it's basically uh, it's the Beatles. But the, the whole thing was rearranged with bits and pieces of Beatles songs no. by Giles Martin. This is completely not that. No, what basically because this ha- is something new. Totally. So all effectively, right. what happens in every second of this is this sixteen thousand samples occurring per second of just recomposed, reimagined lyrics performances and also you bear in mind what you're going to hear is from two years ago so this is kind of old school of what's coming two years ago that's ancient okay I know. <laughs> give it a blast then. So, well i just call this u2 ai is it yeah 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 okay yeah. fine i 
Also, hold on. That's not you. That's not you know who on vocals. That's no. that, that's a robot on vocals. No. Uh, no, sorry. It's 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 the music in the machine creating new music uh, in the jukebox yeah. creating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you get weird ones as well. Now you could, you could if you, you imagine this. This is where it gets fun. Is where you you can put in. Um, you could mix you two with Beatles, mm. and uh, off you go. Wow. Okay, hold on a second. What about David Bowie here? I'll play David Bowie yeah. here. Hold on a second. That same thing. Could could whatever Elon Musk bring out a U two and a David Bowie album? Considering he owns all this. Well, that's thankfully where copyright might come into play. Do you know? That's well, the the, the, the know, last. But, but like this is all new stuff from new not U 2s not Bowies. Well, actually, yeah, and also this is why uh, a lot of this is open source because it kind of skips through those kind of complexities of right. you know. Yeah, uh, uh, copyright. Yeah. Oh, mad. Carry on. Yeah. Okay. All right. So tell me where we're going next. What's Databots? Databots. Uh, Databots is works on a similar type of that kind of raw audio uh, machine learning stuff, and they have got a great sense of humour. So what you have here and is that there's a couple of radio stations on YouTube that play endless twenty four seven death metal or lo fi funk, uh, and it just continually generates new music um they also regularly enter the ai song contest which is but that they're i like them because they're they're kind of the virgin prunes of mm. of this area like they're 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 having there's a very much human creativity going into the, the, the questions that they ask but if you play a bit of it it's <laughs> It's uh, yeah, it's distorted guitar. And they're finalists in the AI song contest. Oh yeah, regularly. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. I saw a documentary on Donington once. That's it. Uh, yeah. What was I going to say? Uh, Lots yeah. of distorted guitar too, Dave. You yeah, know, yeah, sounds cool. pretty good to me. Um, and they create from raw audio. As yeah, such, just right? like, it's like the other one. So effectively, it's just endless re- regeneration. And once of, it gets started, no human involved. No, yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm. Okay. All right. By the way, just let's get back to what you are and do or whatever. Tell me about artificial intelligence and music ecosystem. We're talking, by the way, to Dr. Martin Clancy, the editor of Doctor. I never, I wouldn't, I, I can't call you that, can I? Into a new member. You research in Trinity College. Does that mean like they give you loads of money to, to do this stuff? Yeah. I wouldn't say loads of money, but I tell you, I know I, I was lucky enough after I did the PhD, there's the Irish Research Council, give them a plug here, uh, do fund research. 
yeah. uh, in the arts and humanities. It's very hard to get. And I was lucky enough that uh, the sequel to this book um, I'm funded to, to do for the next two years. Right. So Brilliant. Well, yeah. congratulations. OK, so Martin Clancy then, doctor, etc. Uh, we're looking at artificial intelligence and, muco- and music ecosystem. What is that? What, tell me about the book. It's not just you. No, no. I, what, 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 the questions I was asking, I figured I should ask a bunch of experts. So I wrote to uh, people who were experts in robotics, in uh, law, uh, industry people like Scott Cohen, artists, and said, do you care? That was my question. Mm. I said, I care. But what if you care, what does this mean? And that's pretty much what was on it. And would you like a riot chapter? And in fairness, including the guy who did the, the jazz robot, everybody wrote back a very much a, a very passionate, personal take on where they see it going and what their own craft is and what they think the issues are. And the idea of the book is that if you're an academic or if you're somebody working in the industry, or if you just got a general sense of it, it's... It shows you the different perspectives that are there. Yeah. And is AI being used to recommend playlists and songs based on your mood or activity if you want to be working out or waking up or if you're stressed or whatever? Yeah. All that stuff, yeah? Yeah. yeah. And what, like, what about smartphones and fitness trainers and smartwatches? They do all the stuff. They can tell you about your heart and your breathing and your stress and temperature and voice and all the rest. So it's all there. Yeah, I mean, what one of the big issues is going to be one of the, the most exciting areas, well, certainly if, if you're interested in, in where technology is going and you equate that would be exciting as opposed to terrifying, is what's called adaptive music. And that fits in there exactly. So what that's about is... The AI will listen and watch your your data analytics, your biometrics, and will change the music according and to enhance your performance. That's what's written on the kind of the the sales yeah. sheet. Um, and things that are people who are working on that quite deeply would be Spotify, uh, BMW, Mercedes, uh, who have worked quite hard with some of those open AI technologies. So that, for instance, if you're driving, it will wake you up if you're falling asleep. Um, or if you're in a gym, it will follow you. The, and there's also the possibility, which I'm interested in, about where uh, music will be personalized so that, for instance, if you're watching a movie, that music will be distinct to you. Right. And it's kind of that's kind of interesting. I like the idea of having, like, Love Supreme or an album I love okay. jamming with through your day. Well, you then, know? like, streaming services like Spotify, they use algorithms, do they, to, to, to recommend music to users and, like, for soundtracks, video editors yeah. and all that, very important. Yeah, I mean, it, that's that's a great question in terms of, say, outside of generative music, wh- how is AI being used in the industry? So one of the things that's very different about Apple uh, and Spotify is that Apple talk about human curation of playlists. Spotify listen and watch what, you know, so Dave likes this and it recommends something else. Uh, we yeah. know how that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the question, though, there is that sometimes, I think it's over 50% of the music that people request is through playlists now. So it's not genre-based or it's not um, artist-based. It's like, you know, uh, cook, chill-out Friday yeah, yeah, yeah. bath music. Now, when that chill-out Friday bath music comes, the question is, what are you being served? You believe, and you should believe and trust that the algorithm is picking the stuff that Dave is going to want to, you know, marry the suds with. The difference, though, is is that if some of that music happened to be cheaper for the provider, there's a, maybe a conflict of interest, and you might be getting <laughs> sold stuff, yeah, right, yeah. that is costing the provider less. 
Right, but one way or the other, the music business has been using AI to sort of automise the process of developing and mastering and categorising audio and to create personalised experiences, if you like, for listeners on streaming apps for some time. Oh, yeah. Without us necessarily every, thinking about it too every much. Part of, every part of it's going, including including uh, like employment, like iHeartRadio, do you know that? Like I do, yeah. So one, I wrote about that in the PhD as a yeah. kind of a predictor fired a bunch of their DJs and replaced them with AIs. Do they? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's a huge thing in the States. Yeah. Like, huge. Yeah. I, I really I didn't know that. It was a, ma- a massive change. Says Dave, freaking out. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> there's, there's a letter out there from you. From <laughs> uh, okay, so let's go back to one or two more examples then, finally. What's yeah. the Drunken Pint? Oh, this is great. So the Drunken Pint is, is written by a guy called Bob Strum, Professor Bob Sturm of THC in Canada, uh, oh, sorry, in Stockholm. And he's also an Irish accordion player, as well as being one of the best machine learning people. So he... He's got a chapter in the book. Yeah. And he uh, he was here. I, I met him recently at the Willie Cansey Summer Festival Accordion. And so he loves Irish music, but he's also extremely good at getting AI to create um, these tunes. So the one you're going to hear here was written by an AI and then played by humans. <laughs> So there's no AI involved there at all, except in the writing. Well, that's 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 been. A, I mean, writers are important. Oh no, no, I don't no, mean I it mean, like that. Yeah. What I mean is, in terms of the sound, it's, no, like, it's human beings that's are playing. Human beings it's are... not like going back to our jazz, a jazz um, uh, improvisation no. the earlier on, where the guy was playing. Oh, no. well, sorry, where the that's a pub, machine that was, was playing was, with three arms. That was a pub in Clare that was recorded in. All right, okay, fair enough. All right, well then, finally, like, how do you answer the question? If AI is writing songs, what happens to copyright? Presumably, can you grant copyright to a three-armed? I don't know. No. Monster? In fairness, you can't grant to, to, to uh, a three-armed... Uh, or a computer. Computer, no. Or, or, or a non-human like a monkey, because that's the kind of legal test, uh, is for... It has to be humans. But it's being challenged, and that's kind of a big... That, that That's a big change. There's a, an argument that it's a good thing because it increase, increases innovation. Mm. But because the music industry specifically is based on copyright... I think you have to be careful about that change and it has to be done sensitively. But right now, no. So the get around, though, is that by making things open source or copyright free, then you're not in competition. And the little bit of a, not scam, but the, the twist is that machines and the companies that create AI have other sources of income that are not available to. Yeah, yeah. So you can say, here's my free music, but I'm selling you advertising. And that's where the, the rub comes. So it's not copyright isn't a, a, a kind of like. Yeah, well, this whole thing isn't working out too well in terms of streams on Spotify for a lot of people who make music and are, think it's great that it's all democratised and on the internet and etc. etc. No, get paid for your art. It's a problem. One percent can make a can make a basic living of twenty four thousand dollars from mm. streaming. Okay, but, but like technology has already made a lot of jobs obsolete. How does all this affect employment in the music industry? Well, that's good. <laughs> I mean, as I mentioned about iHeartRadio, you've got that situation. You've, we've got what we saw with COVID 
for instance, was that um, the, the fragility of all the arts, of employment in the arts, was revealed. Ireland is a, a really unique position where it's not a question that we run away from at a government level. The government comes in for a lot of, uh, you know, um, complaints and... But they really did stand up for the arts and this basic uh, income support for arts that came out in September. It's about, whatever it is, about 200 and 300 quid, isn't it? 350 quid yeah. for three years for 2,000 people to do that. We've got a president that's a poet, you know, mm. uh, a tea shock for the next week or so who comes from the humanities. And I think we've got, we have a situation where the question of, like RTE, your, your, your tagline, supporting the arts and supporting artists. Yeah. Like, this, is, this isn't glib stuff. This is real. And if we go, okay, it's important. How do, how, how do we balance this? And I think that question in music is a question that applies in other industries. So we get it right with the arts and you figure it out. And then it's, 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 it's just how it goes. But you can see what happened with Twitter and with Facebook layoffs. Yeah. Like, Big tech is also unemploying people, like yeah. letting people go. So. Yeah, indeed. Okay, well then, so the future is um, AI, is it? It's the canary in the coal mine music, is it? Yeah, generally speaking, music has usually been the first place to get thumped in the head by technology before other areas. Um, the place to look at, uh, nobody really knows what's going to happen the next two or three years, but a tip to look out for is in this space, which is called large language models. So DALI 2, uh, Midjourney, these are open things that the public can use and the listeners just type in these are text to uh, image generators and text to video is now being introduced and very soon text to music and I mean soon like next week right um, that's going to be powerful and keep an eye out from December to February here's a I feel like I'm, I'm giving you a booking a bookies tip right look out for GTP4 that's going to change wow. the game yeah GTP4 GTP4 that's the game changer, and it's uh, all bets are off when that comes out. All right. Well, I will. I will look out for that, and I will read up on it, and then say it to somebody when I'm out for a pint or whatever it happens to be. And I might be able to look as 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 as, uh, as brainy as yourself. <laughs> to you go back much. to the brainy word, <laughs> Dr. Martin Clancy, editor of this book here, Artificial Intelligence and Music Ecosystem. It's out on the twenty third of this month. Is That's it? correct. Yeah. Right. Indeed, Martin. Listen. Thank you very much indeed. Good to see you it's, again, it's, Dave. Yeah, it's been a long time. Thanks a million. Take it easy. Thank you.